Okay, and we start now. Hey everyone, my name's Nick. And my name is Sergio. And we are two jacks. Um, this is a podcast and we have no idea what it's about yet, but we're going to figure it out together. Um, yeah. <laughs> exciting times. <laughs> Very exciting times. Honestly, we're doing this for selfish reasons. Me and Sergio just kind of want to document our design journey and kind of figure out kind of what's next and look back on this in five years and laugh when we're super successful designers or when we both end up being failures a completely and... different career path and I decide just to go rogue and make ukule- ukuleles in Venezuela or something. I uh, thought we were going to do a combined surf shop. True. Yeah. That's if I still want to be your friend in five years. We're not even friends now, so I don't know what determines that. Yeah, so yeah, so basically though, two jacks, it's kind of our way to just document our design journey, talk to some cool people. Maybe we'll talk to you guys about design news, let you know what's going on in our daily lives or with our studio. Sergio and I also run a design consultancy called Studio in 2133. We've been doing it for the last about a year and a half and it's it's been bumpy you know yeah and, and it's we wanted, interesting yeah and we wanted to start talking about it while it's bumpy so that yes. you guys can you guys can go back and see us cry um you'll hear and, us almost quit every other week yeah I, I i almost quit this week i i texted sergio like at midnight on sunday and i was like hey i don't think i can do this anymore and he laughed and i was like no seriously i think we've got it. <laughs> I think a big part of being a business partner is being each other's therapist. I think that's what I've figured out. We're each other's therapist because, yeah, I think, fortunately, when one of us is down, the other one's feeling kind of chipper. So it, so we haven't quit just yet because of that. Yeah, we, we kind of balance each other out. When Sergio's ready to quit, I'm like, no, nah, dude, we got we to gotta stick with it. One more month. Um, when I'm down, he's the positive one. And literally, we flipped, like, the next day. Like, Monday, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, we've done so well this last year. I was like, this is so exciting. I was like, I think we got it. I was like, let's go get some business cards made. I'm going to update the website. I just emailed <laughs> some people, and we were ready to go. Actually, I didn't tell you this, but um, this past weekend, I was at a wedding. Um, a bunch of my friends keep getting married every, like, two months. So we joke about having reunions every two months at everybody's weddings. And... Um, they asked me about what I'm up to, and then I said, you know, what I was doing. And then we talked about, um, I don't want to turn this into one of those Enneagram podcasts, but the mm-hmm. girl I was talking to knew about the Enneagram, and she was like, what number are you? And I was like, oh, I'm a seven. And I go, funny enough, my business partner is also a seven. She goes, that sounds like the most impulsive business ever. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, like, to be honest, this business doesn't make sense. Me and Sergio are exactly the same Myers-Briggs. We have the same Enneagram type, which I guess is the Christian Myers-Briggs. That's what I've learned <laughs> from people. And um, we, yeah, we both support each other too much. <laughs> and we're way overly optimistic. We're about way too optimistic, which I think is what you need to be when you're an entrepreneur, but not what you need to be a successful business. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I we'll mean, hire someone that can do our finances one day. Yeah, with the money that we don't have. No. Yeah. We're figuring it out. Um, going back, though, I think it, it's interesting. Um, 
I think because both of our backgrounds are in engineering. So we both were former engineers, or to some degree, we'd say something along the lines of that, which is a much more like statistically or like analytical field. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I think a lot of the change came from going to design school. And that was like the interesting thing, because you realize how people's career paths do not line up at all. And I feel like that actually gave me a lot of the confidence to go like, yeah, why can't we make a consultancy? You know, like maybe there's always advice for and against, but like design is so much more ambiguous. And I think that's something that we constantly keep exploring, like just how like it's different, like even projects that seem the same are slightly different and they require us to like update our, our philosophy on design and like, change a little bit our you know how we approach it and those things like that so there's not like a like a set pattern right like in engineering like you're always going to follow certain rules or certain equations to get the right answer but in design it's so much more ambiguous and part of it is fun and part of it is like intimidating as well i think yeah and i think i think that's the that's kind of the hard part for a lot of engineers who do transition to design like we're used to having the answer Right. Yeah. Like there's always a solution manual. The professor always knows what the correct solution is. We can test something with data or, you know, see real world applications of how it actually worked out and we can adjust our calculations, which again is something you can do in design, right? You iterate and you prototype. But I think one of the things that we're pretty good at is being okay with being wrong when we want to test something out. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think a lot of people are afraid of that. And I'm not saying that's good. I mean, sometimes maybe we do do things a little too early, but at least we get to put it out there to see if it works. And then we're, we're willing and sometimes humble enough to admit when we're wrong and try again. Uh, yeah, that's the tricky part. I mean, that's the tricky part in, in product design, right? Like being willing to get your idea shut down, I guess. Or yeah, yeah being okay with yeah. knowing that you're wrong. That's definitely that's definitely the, the tricky part, especially with physical product design. So Serge and I like to dabble in physical product design a little bit more, but it's it's kind of a high risk, high reward kind of space, right? Like if you want to d- get something designed, you you know get it catted up, engineered, get a prototype made, get a manufacturer. Three months later, you get the part in your hands, and someone doesn't like it. Google back in the day, right? They wanted to do physical products. They bought Motorola. And then they're like, oh, this is a big problem. We don't want to do this anymore. We thought it was the same as software development. Let's go back and sell Motorola to Lenovo. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. So they did it. And it was just, they were not expecting how much capital it costs to take a product mm. um, to market. And then there's like, you know what? Honestly, like, this is not for us right now. We're going to move another way from physical and revisit it later when they got a better grasp of it i mean now and you see things yeah like now they got the pixel the pixel now they have all the google homes and minis and so i think they figured it out but at the time they thought tackling physical product design was going to be as straightforward as tackling you know mm. software design yeah that's true which speaking of the pixel the pixel 4 is out i don't i don't know any other phone besides the iphone it looks just like an iphone 11 minus one camera Oh, so it's worse. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen... I haven't looked into it deeply. Or, or is it better because it can do what the iPhone can do with two cameras instead of three? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the, the never-ending debate. So we've definitely gone off script already. Yeah, so, so our, first, our first bullet point was intro. 
I don't even think we did that yet. No, we haven't. Um, second bullet point was who we are. We kind of got that figured out. Yeah, we're Nick and Sergio. We're two engineers. We play designer, and we make people's dreams come true. Sometimes. <laughs> 20% of the time. 80% of the time, we make them really angry at us. No, but to that point, they get angry because they're, just, <laughs> they're super passionate about what they want to do, and they have high hopes. And people have been angry with us. They've been passionate. <laughs> and we, we've, we've fixed it. We've made them happy. Um, this, there was an interview that I sent you. It was like two people talking about how they work through creative differences. Yeah. And they were like, there's passion behind this. Yeah. So. If you're angry, it means you're passionate about something. That's true. It can be, I mean, it can be like good anger. It could be negative anger. We've never really had negative anger. Like no one's really been like condescending or demeaning. They get no. frustrated, which I mean is understandable, yeah. right? And I mean, that's, and that's kind of our job as consultants which we've even them. had that with each other, too. Oh, yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, that's fine. That's what we're not friends. Yeah, we're not friends. We're business partners. Yeah, so Serge and I went to school together for 15 months. And um, we hung out maybe three times. There's only 20 people in the program. So it's, <laughs> it's not like we didn't see each other. No, we literally and saw each other every we, day. And we, we never really hung out. And then one day, we, after, after we graduated, we were stuck being not stuck we were teaching assistants for one of our professors yeah and um we were just like do you want to like work on this project with somebody and we kind of did that but we'll get into more details about that later um, yes that's but, a different episode yeah but speaking about kind of frustration passion and stuff um one of our bullet points is about our design philosophy Ugh, yeah do you want do you want to talk about that <laughs> i don't i, I can I can mention just that one little statement that I had when we were walking down uh, the Chicago River. And then I don't know how long that's going to last. I'll probably totally change my opinion on it um, next week. This but, is the thing on design philosophy. I feel like it's still one of those things that it's growing on us. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're still mature. developing. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever feel like you're done growing, you're dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, read that on a, I read that on a fortune cookie. <laughs> Um, no, and I, I think, and I think it's the thing we talked about our design philosophy or like what I think about design is all about friction, right? Like too much friction. You won't go anywhere. Right. I mean, don't shake your head uh, at me. I you love you. this stuff. No, but I mean, I think friction is really important when it comes to considering how you can get your design into the world and make it tangible. Right. Like if it's, if it's too, if it's too out there, too hard to do too much friction, you won't go anywhere. Too little friction, you also don't go anywhere. Like if you're being too incremental, you're not trying to push the envelope. You're not trying to be innovative. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make any progress or benefit the world at all. If you try to be too out there, no one's going to want to do what you're going to want to do. And it's not going to go anywhere either. But in the middle of friction, you know, you can have a spark. And spark starts fires. And those fires can keep people warm for the rest of their lives. Um, So, I mean... (laughs) It's all about just optimal friction. And yeah, maybe you get a little passionate when you're designing something new. But it's, it's kind of what you got to do to get that thing out there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, a, I mean, the thing, that's an interesting concept because I feel like it can bleed into other areas and, and help a lot. But like, again, I think it's particularly interesting for us because we come from a background of engineering, again, where you're looking for the right answer. And I feel like that was very interesting transitioning into design from engineering because... 
I feel like there was a, a, a need to get the right answer, right? To like mm-hmm. get, get it right. And so now we actually feel uncomfortable when people tell us that everything is okay. Like if we don't get one but or like one or like, and it's, you know, someone going like, eh, I don't know about that. Like we start to worry. Like if we're in too much in agreement, we go, what are you not saying? Or what are you holding back? Because we know that there's no perfect solution. So yeah, it's something you're like, now we're even scared. Like that lack of friction is weird. Yeah, like if someone if someone agrees with us too much, we know there's a problem. Either either we're pandering too much to them. Yeah. They're not really thinking about what we're doing and they're not as invested because there's always room for improvement, right? And um, yeah, it does get kind of uncomfortable when we design something and someone's really happy, which happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> We've even um, told people we're like don't we're like avoid the pleasantries. Don't tell us what you like, just tell us what doesn't work. Yeah, because honestly, like, yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things we always tell them, like, now's the time to tell us if you don't like something, because this is easy. This is ink on paper. You know, this is a 3D printed part. You know, these are just ideas on a post-it note. Like, now's the time you got to tell us. Otherwise, we're going to be too far down the path. You're going to have 10,000 of these in front of you. And you're going to be like, you know, I don't really like that it looks like that. And we're like, oh, well, you know, you had your chance. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe we're just not, you know. Maybe we just like pain and we want people to doubt us. No project is done without at least one good argument between the two of us. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's... See, you've been preparing for this. I don't... I, I've just recently told you that I, I'm worried that I don't know my design philosophy. I think that's fine. I, no, I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't I think even... For... You go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think for me it's... I mean, I, I agree... 100% with the friction element. Also, for me, design is just about joy. I think there's just that. I think the moment, I don't know who, I mean, I, I think it's just a famous saying or a phrase, but like the whole like everything was designed or everything has been designed, just maybe not well. Mm-hmm. But the fact that someone had to think about every decision, for me, like that was a game changer because I started seeing everything and I was like, someone decided that. Someone had an opinion about that. You know, and like, for me, it's just about like joy. Like, what are some of the how how can you create really spectacular or just like even just little heartwarming moments through little elements of your design that make someone really enjoy something as simple as a table or a chair. Or this is what um, our mentor um, Craig Samson. Shout out to Craig. Who's definitely definitely not listening to this. (laughs) But like he's got this thing where he loves to talk about delight. And like that's the big thing he brings up. He's like, how do we create delight? Delight. You know, what interactions that cause delight and design that causes delight. And and I think for me, like that really stuck with me a lot. And that's something I try to see. Like, you know, this the look on people's faces when you open something when they like enjoy. And maybe they take it for granted a little more, but there's something there that's just like a I don't know. It's a, it's a fun pursuit. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Like, yeah, everything's designed. Whether or not it's designed well, designed bad, it's your decision of what you want it to focus on that also affects the design. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. your decision to not think that's a priority was a design decision. And I think that's, I think, I mean, you see it happen all the time in all products. Mm-hmm. Right? People are like, why do they not think about this? And it's because, oh, they were focusing on something else. Yeah. And sometimes you have to. I mean, like, there's only so much time we can spend on a project, right? Like, we've done that. 
there's like key features and then there's some stuff that we're like okay yeah i mean yeah i mean there's no such thing as a perfect product but the search is fun yeah i mean i mean it's honest it's the pursuit my thing is always just having someone be amazed about what we do it doesn't need to be you know the final (laughs) product or something but it can just be like oh wow i didn't even think about that and you know that's always my goal and that's that idea of like the delight the surprise it's that unexpected joy um of something you considered yeah and so yeah i think there's also something super interesting which i guess we see a lot i think that was more in the in the olden times right but like when stuff was made the olden times this is where i'm gonna sound like an old man no but like the craftsmanship of things like when you artists would have like a signature or something like that and now we get to see that a lot less in like because stuff is manufactured and it isn't as much of a touch but like i like to surf for example and i have a board that was shaped by a guy out in Cocoa beach and it's cool because you can when the if it's super sunny outside you can see through the board and you can see like kind of the strokes of the that shaped the board yeah. and that to me was always cool to see that like just the thought like someone's hand went through that and like did that by hand and perfected that shape so that you know it can be a good surfboard or whatever yeah that actually be a really good episode kind of the idea of mass manufacturing and how that killed craftsmen mm-hmm. and also the idea of how add- additive manufacturing or like 3d printing is bringing it back that's a- another thing that's I've true heard about it's because now things don't need to be you don't need to make a hundred of something. You can make one of something and every single one can be unique. Yeah, actually, I was actually reading, I bought Ikea's design book in which they just talk about like some other big products and how they've made breakthroughs in some areas. And one of the latest things they're, they're releasing, they work with this artist and basically they were creating these like, um, I think there were pots for plants or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they had, um, each one was, he was like, he was interested in like the uniqueness of, one and so he designed like six different ones and they mass produce that but but it's like so that if a person buys a couple they're bound to get different ones so that you wouldn't have like matching pots but they would all kind of be slightly different and so kind of this idea of like going into a more eclectic um which i feel like a few years back people were a little more obsessed with like uniformity and now we're shifting to a very eclectic yeah style in general yeah i've noticed that too and i wonder if it's because just like our generation We've started to separate, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying at all, but kind of this idea that I see it a lot with furniture. Mm -hmm. So people are like, I'm not spending $3,000 on a couch. I'm going to go on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and get that $300 couch. Oh, that TV stands in the dumpster for free? I'm going to bring that inside. And I think it's like people are getting used to having mismatched things in their homes because of how they're shifting what they deem valuable and like, yeah, people are still spending money the same way. It's just like, I think people are shifting on how they spend money on furniture, for instance. No. Yeah. And, and but they're making it work too. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that's so interesting. Yeah. I think there was, I think there was a, a process, like I said, I think there was a time in which like uniformity and like really came into me, but then now it's like a little weird because it, I think it's, it's also unnatural, right? Like not two trees are the same. And I think in that, in our search to like repeat nature, we also like things being a little off or like a little, it adds character, I think. Yeah. And that's the thing. You ever seen those like fake roses? 
Yeah. yeah. But it's funny. The most believable fake roses are the ones that have flaws in them. Right. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I think that's kind of crazy. When something looks too perfect, you're like, it's not real. You know it's not real. Yeah. No, people, yeah think, right. people think I'm not real all the time. <laughs> all right. And on that and note, on that note. <laughs> I think we're going to end the podcast. So we don't expect anyone to listen to this. Like Nick said, this is our... Just our like brain dump slash way of documenting things, and we're gonna try to do this as like um, regularly as we can, so that we keep up with it. Um, but if there is anyone listening for whatever reason, leave a comment. Tell us about your design philosophy. Yeah. How, or like, I don't know, what's your engagement with design? Is it something yeah. you think about? Is it something you don't care about? Who knows? Yeah. Find us on find us on Instagram. I think we're at Studio Twenty One Thirty Three. All right, yeah, I think I think that's all for now. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Signing off for now. Yeah, that was crazy. We we spent five months trying to do a podcast, and then out of nowhere, I did some dishes, and now we're doing one. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't be the last one. Yeah, no, we'll at least make it to like you know, probably six seasons in a movie. <laughs> six seasons in a movie. <laughs> all right, later. See ya.